head into the Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. Hosted by a rotating lineup of superfans at the Ringer, including Mallory Rubin and Van Lathan, shows will provide instant reactions to blockbuster releases, insightful backstories on canon, and mind-bending theories, as well as fresh takes on the latest news and rumors. Check out the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20 for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. And we're back with another edition of Matt Hooper. And we have a returning guest, Talia Caldwell. And I'm just trying to figure out why she's so mad. Talia, why are you so mad? I am so mad at NBA nerd analytics Twitter because I had to watch the Sacramento Kings game. And everyone told me that it was okay for Buddy Heald to go one for nine from three. Buddy Heald. Um, they told me that he's percentage-wise a better three-point shooter than Dame and Steph and all these people. And they brought up averages. And if you know any kind of basic statistics, averages don't matter, right? There's something called mode. There's median. There's standard deviation. There's variance, right? And he, for his career, shoots seven threes a game. Kobe shot four. So just throwing out, he shoots this much. This is what he does in his career. It means nothing to me. And it just... Watching Sacramento in general, the small ball, high scoring, um, low basketball IQ, no defense. I just can't. And it's why they are going to forever be in basketball purgatory. So tell them why you mad, son. <laughs> tell them why you mad. It's, 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 I mean, I mean, Buddy Hill, people are arguing about why that's okay. And then they sent me pictures of him winning the three point contest. Like, I don't care about the all-star weekend. I don't care. So yes, I, I'm tired of this seven. You can't, be able to shoot nine threes in a game and you only finish with seven points. If you have the green light to shoot nine threes, you should be able to make more than seven points. So that, that's why I'm mad. That's why I'm mad. Rowan's up next. What's popping, real ones? Logan Murdoch here. I got Raja Bell and I got Jomi. And we're here before we get to Monica McNutt to talk about one thing that's near and dear to a lot of our hearts, Bridgerton. We are all collectively very, 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 very upset that the Duke is leaving us. Rajon Page, man. The, the Duke, man. Man. he is leaving after season one. This is egregious on many levels. Instant reaction. Raja first, then show me. Raja, go ahead. Shonda. Like that's that's my reaction. Like Shonda, what what are we doing? It's the Duke. I'm sick to my stomach. To be quite honest with you guys, it's it hurts. It hurts. I came to the show for him. He brought the energy. He brought the vibes. He brought the sauce. And he's just not gonna come back. Man, I'm with that. He added an element, Logan. Like real talk. Like, I want you to go. I didn't mean to cut you off though, dog. But he did. Like you, you were typically in the houses. Oh, you know, receiving courtships and all of that. And then you get to go to the gym with brother. Like they're in there boxing. Like yes, there's a lot yes. of stuff that comes with the Duke being a part of the show. No, I just. He said, "I burned for you." That should at least buy him <laughs> at least two more seasons on the show. Okay, it should buy him at least two more seasons. I don't get why. I, I my question. I'll leave this to Jomi to go to Raja. Does it does it make you give you more solace that this was planned all along? Does it does, it, does that does that does that help out with your grieving process, Jomi? Yes and no. Like 
I feel on the one hand, I feel, you know, good knowing like, okay, you know, maybe this gives them more opportunity to do some more stuff, you know, get some bigger properties, you know, get that coin, you know, but then again, like I was excited to see him back for season two, you know what I'm saying? See him go around town with this, with this girl, just knowing he's not going to be back, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just not there. It's not there for me. I can't co-sign. I can't co-sign. I can't co-sign. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go well, ahead, I Roger. do hope the brother gets like excellent roles in the future and becomes like a mega star dog. I've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, let it straight. You hooked me in <laughs> with that relationship, dog. That was the hook for me. That's what kept yeah. me watching Bridgerton, like the mm-hmm. sexual tension between them two the whole time and all that was going mm-hmm. down. And now yeah. Yeah. you're just going to take it up out the equation and expect me to stick around. I don't know about that. You're going to watch the first episode to see what it's I'm going to watch the first episode, damn it. (laughs) I I was so invested in him as a character, man. Is he going to stop drinking? Is he going to drink more? Is Daphne going to make him a better person? How does the kid look? Is he going to be a good dad? Is he going to be a good dad? Is he going to be a good dad? And it's even worse now that Daphne is still in the picture and we don't even see the Duke. We don't even see the Duke. Are they going to kill him off? What's he going to be, an absent father? Like, How's that working? I don't know, but I think I don't. Okay, there's some solace for me that maybe he'll come back in future seasons. They said he wasn't going to come back during the next season. Oh. Okay, and I get that. Maybe mm-hmm. he comes back mm-hmm. in future seasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, we're gonna see know. because when they get the viewership numbers for season two, and it's less because the brother ain't in it. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah, gonna need to, to bring the brother know, back, <laughs> and he's gonna have to, and he's gonna have to get that bag too. They're gonna have to pay him, so it's a win-win for everybody. All right. What do we what do we think about the next season being about the older brother, Daphne's older brother and his and his um quest for love, right? Now we did talk about this the last the, a couple episodes ago, Roger, real quick. We did talk about this and said that I thought it was scandalous that the woman didn't take him back and just play with my guy's emotions like that. I have I have revamped my stance. If that if 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 little mama had better was better with other dude, then I'm all for it. But I am curious to see how that love story interacts. Does she actually say, "Oh man, he has changed. I'm going with him," or does she be like, "Nah, fam, this is a Keisha Cole song. I've changed my mind." What do you think, Jomi? Ultimately, I've... it's that's a tough question, Logan. That's a tough question because I mean. For me, emotionally, I just, I'm not really, I don't really vibe with with that whole relationship, with that whole conversation, Mm. to be, to be real with you. Like I was, my main focus was on the brother and what he was up to, you know? So I I was annoyed by like his antics, you know, trying to break him up, trying to get the whole thing going on. I do like the actress though. Simone Ashley is going to play his, uh, the brother's love interest in season two. That's interesting because Simone Ashley is a great actress. I've seen her before. She's great. So I'm excited to see her in that role. But as for the brother himself, man, I'm, I'm not really vibing with him at all. At I, didn't all. Love, like him. I didn't love him no. either, Jomi. I like the younger brother better. And what yes. he had going on. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Like, he was getting with the dressmaker. Like, that was his little <laughs> thing. Nobody knew what was going on. Like, I, mm-hmm. I found him a little bit more interesting than the older brother. Do Absolutely. We th- does Whistledown get exposed? Does she get exposed? Lady Whistledown. She does get exposed, but to us. Yeah. But does she get exposed yeah. to the rest of the uh, rest of the the uh the kingdom? I, I can't imagine you extract like that's like that's part of the hook too, right? Is the anonymity mm-hmm. of Whistledown. Like if they'd ex- I mean, I don't know. Anything could happen. I guess Shonda, you gonna take the brother out to show. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I gotta Shonda be, don't I, care about Shonda, what we expect. Right. Nah, I watched six seasons of How to Go or Murder, man. Like Shonda gonna Ooh. do what Shonda gonna do. Shonda you know what I'm saying? Great so we show. Go, yeah. we gonna see. We gonna great see. Show. Yeah. yeah. I, I just wanna say we'll just we'll just before we get to Monica, I am heartbroken, but I am not leaving just yet. Mm. I'm same I'm the same, Roger. I'm the same Logan. Like I'm not, I'm going to test it out. I'm going to see, you know, and hey, brother can always come back. So I'm going to keep my eyes open. I'm signing a 10 day. (laughs) 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 All right, man. We're on what's up next. (laughs) This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. 
But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. What's poppin'? Real ones. Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell, we have a really special guest in the building, Raja. Around the Horn panelist, MSG panelist, DMV legend, Monica legend. McNutt is in the building. <laughs> What's happening, Monica? Oh my gosh, Logan, legend. Wow. Yeah, the older I get, the further I get away from actually playing ball, I've become so much better. This is the secret. <laughs> mm, for sure. so, is it, so is it the secret for Logan Murdoch? <laughs> Who really thinks he is nice, apparently, Monica. Like, have you seen him? Oh, who? I, I have not. Oh, I've okay. not had the privilege. All right. That's, I need that's to find good, out. That's a good thing y'all ain't seen me. It keeps up with the mystique that I'm, like, ah. kind of okay. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. So, Raja, she is a Georgetown alum. I know this. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. has some, and I know you're good, you were good with John Thompson. She was uh, good with John Thompson. Quick, we need... We need a John Thompson story to kick us off right now, Monica. What, what, what's, what, let's, what's, what's up with the, with the John Thompson? How, how did you guys meet and, and where, where, how did your relationship just blossom into what it was? Okay, so actually I met John Thompson on my recruiting visit to Georgetown. And I grew up watching Georgetown. My dad was a huge Georgetown fan. I kind of vaguely remember when he stepped down. Um, but I remember being on my visit. You go into his office. It's on the first floor of McDonald, or it was. Um, he's got this great window, and he has this giant oak chair. And he was like, so who else is recruiting you? And you know me. Like, I'm excited, rattling off these other schools. And he's like, can any of those degrees do what a Georgetown degree can do for Ooh, you? What schools was you, was you doing? Mm. What schools was you putting out there? What schools was you putting out there? Um, so places I had actually visited, I had gone to James Madison and Richmond. Um, I had gotten letters from Maryland, West Virginia, um, Princeton, and I'm trying to think what was else like in my top schools that I was really considering. That's probably it. Because honestly, y'all, I landed on Georgetown really quick in my process. Um, and so I remember being like, Princeton? And he was like, your mama wants you to go there, don't you? You don't want to. And my mom <laughs> wanted me to go to, go to Princeton, and I did. So um, he was just, he even then, like he didn't know me from Adam. Um, but he was like, you know, you really want to get what you can get out of the game. And he's like, this Georgetown place is special. And that certainly panned out. I would have I would have landed on Georgetown real quick in my process, too, because that was my dream school. Um, oh, wow. Real quick, though, like I, this transcends like uh, basketball. W- was he a draw for like a lot of athletes coming into Georgetown just because of who he was? Was that was that a normal stop or was that something that they knew in your background would impress you? Or do they take a lot of different athletes in his office? I think a lot of athletes went to his office because, I mean, the, he is Georgetown, right? And like, and if you don't know him, your parents know him. And so this is all cachet in the recruiting process. I do think for me personally, being a kid from the DMV, my dad was a high school referee since I was born, like being out in gyms and occasionally seeing him recruiting and knowing the lore of John Thompson from even when he was an athlete. Because, you know, like some of his teammates, Stacey Robinson comes to mind, are like dudes that I used to see in a gym all the time and would talk trash. For me, it definitely held additional weight. Um, because not just because he was Georgetown, but also him being a black man and all that he represented, right? Like the D- the DMV is still a predominantly black area, in particular PG County. DC has since changed technically, demographically by percentage, um, but he just represent- represented success and successful black people. So it definitely held a different weight with me over the course of our time there. I think my teammates grew to love and respect him as well. But um, personally, that was a big deal. That's what's up. So we we talked about your. Um your time with George, with Georgetown and John Thompson. Raja, can you tell everybody your experience with Georgetown and John Thompson, please? Please. You'd like me to relive this? You'd like me to... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, yes. I yeah. told it on the last just, pod. Just so, just well, so we Monica, because you know. Logan knows it already. Um, <laughs> I was okay as a high school player, kind of came into my own as a senior, so I was like a mid-major guy, my junior going to senior year, and then my senior year, I blossomed. So bigger schools started to come in. Georgetown was one of them that came down to watch me play. And I played phenomenal that day. I don't know what happened, um, but it just clicked. And I remember like coming off the court and I think I want to say it was Greg Asher or I, I don't remember his name, but anyway, I was so excited to have this convo about what my future could hold maybe. And he just kind of bluntly said to me, yeah, you played great. We just thought you were bigger. And then he left. 
And that was my Jewish <laughs> Well, we appreciate not wasting your time. <laughs> no, I had to be listening. It actually worked out because it solidified for me where I needed to be. It was it was Definitely. confirmation. There you go. Turned That's a good way right. to look at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It turned out all right, man. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, I can't be mad. It worked out. <laughs> so, Monica, how's this last year been for you? You're an uh, Around the Horn panelist. You, it's, it seems like a whirlwind just looking at, at this rise. How has it been from the other side of it where you out here killing it and we're now seeing how dope you are? Logan, it has been absolutely insane, dog. What what were we standing at on the court in Vegas? What was that two summers ago now, I guess? Um, yeah, it was like right. you, Malika, Swin, Amina, everybody was kicking it. And at that point, I was I was there for MSG on my own dime on the low key and happened to hit MSG like, yo, I'm gonna be in Vegas. Like, can I do some work? You know how the hustle goes when you're trying to come up. I already know. Um, it, tw- like, first of all, I'm super thankful and blessed that my family has largely been untouched by the virus itself. But I honestly have increased my workload because everything's from home. Like the the commute is one Zoom to the other. You know what I mean? Um, and so it's been insane and I'm I'm really thankful um for the people that were willing and I say this like to bet on me but I've been working at this since I graduated college at the same time you know what I mean speak Um, on it so very humbly I'm like thank you I'm super grateful and I mean that but also welcome to the party like I've been here I've been (laughs) working like you know what I mean um so I think for me the part that I'm most proud of uh, is the visibility for other black girls and when I go to a show like Around the Horn, sure, I can talk basketball because it is basketball. But the root of how I got into this space was covering women's basketball. And so to me, it's a validation that, oh, you cover women's basketball? Oh, you cover the NBA? Oh, you cover football? Oh, you're an Olympic guy? Like, we all can still have conversations about sports at large. And so I'm very proud of that. What What did you do in school? Um well, when I came out, I didn't know I wanted to be in the in the media business, right? Like I didn't prepare myself for that. I didn't take many courses that would that would prep me for that. It was something I realized once I, you know, was in locker rooms and 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 you know took opportunities to be in front of a microphone. Was that you? Were you prepping for that in school, or was that something that through the course of a career you said, "Hey, I kind of I kind of dig that." So all the way up to my junior year, I loved the weight room and like food and fitness, and I was going to go into to sports science. Um, and then our SID actually said to me. Um, hey, Mon, you're really good when we do interviews and stuff. Like, you should look into this. And I happened to take a journalism course that year as well. And so it just kind of clicked. Um, but, Roger, when I graduated, I had an English degree and played basketball. And, you know, being naive can be a blessing and a curse. I remember very vividly being like, oh, I'm about to get the NBC4 sports anchor job because I hooped in this area. I know sports in this area. Like, here I go. Yes. Didn't quite pan out that way. <laughs> um, but after playing ball, I was sitting at an event for the Washington Post um, and George Solomon was at my table. And the one thing that I have learned through sports um, is you got to advocate for yourself, right? Like, and now in the sports space, you do that by busting somebody else's ass on the court, right? Like, but you got to be able to put yourself out there. And so I was sitting at this table at this event and I said, you know, my career is over. I actually did this in my last press conference too. My career is over. I'm looking to get into sports media. If anybody has any tips, please let me know. Like, I'm happy to connect. I'm, and it just so happened that at the time, George Solomon was taking over the University of Maryland's Shirley Povich Center or yeah, for sports journalism. And he was like, why don't you come check out our program? Fast forward, ultimately end up becoming a fellow through that program. And so I get the actual skill set of journalism so that I can show up with a camera, a notepad, and not just be coined an analyst. Um, and so that's kind of how I went about it. That's what's up. How was it for you when you are, <laughs> it's one thing to say, oh, I'm be a journalist. Were you, how did you feel when the work came in, when you were like, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you write. This is how you structure stuff. <laughs> what was that? What was that process it's, like? So I always loved writing. Like English, being English major was partly because I didn't have to write a thesis, but I also enjoy writing. Um, and so I remember saying of my graduate experience, it was the most meaningful classroom time I had ever spent because it was directly applicable to what I wanted to do. Now, did I enjoy the two weeks I had to stay in Annapolis and cover Maryland State Senate stuff? No. Um, but I could feel, you know, those skills would directly apply. And, and that in conjunction with like internships and stuff, you know, writing digital content, figuring out how to do slideshows, whatever, whatever. Um, I was really proud of it. And I think it was aligned with like natural gifts and abilities for me. So it wasn't too wild. I'm not an investigative reporter, which I think used to scare me. Like I still yeah. foils like that class was, that was tough. Um, but for what I do, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, you know what, I, you know what I just took away from that? Go ahead, I Roger. In, I am in no way, shape or form a journalist. Like I am fully like, 
that is there's so much and real talk like a lot of uh like a lot of former you know nba players like we hop into this um you know and some of us are good on microphones and people put but we're not journalists like you know what i'm saying like that's that's an in-depth breakdown of what it takes to be an actual journalist like i we get on microphones and talk so roger that's loaded and i think Last year, because 2021 just started, our boy Kofi, Kofi Aboa, actually put this on Twitter. We love Shout Kofi. The- <laughs> and I, I'm not going to lie, I felt a little seen or unseen or needed to recalibrate my identity. I don't, because I carry so much respect for journalists, you know what I'm saying? Logan's out here writing features, like getting nuggets, using their connections. Right. I don't know that I would label myself a journalist either at this point in my career, um, because a lot Part of the reason that 2020 and 2021 has been such a whirlwind for me is that I have not had to have boots on the ground, right? I'm able to watch games astutely, find out a clip, find some clips, explain why this happened, give you my takes, hopefully based in reason and logic. Um, but I don't necessarily have, I'm not writing anymore, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not looking for sources. Um, and I have tremendous respect for folks that are out here breaking news and all of that. So I agree with you, Roger. Like, I probably would consider myself a basketball analyst and media personality, before journalists. No, I got you. But you have you have more uh, fair. I'm simply saying you got way more background in journalism than, oh, I than got you. you know what but I mean? You know, like you this life experience, dog. Like I, hey, I never, hey, I hey. could never. Yeah, I know. Monica, let it let let him be self-aware because a lot of athletes aren't <laughs> self-aware. That's true. <laughs> it's, because I, I always see that athletes, uh, especially like like Raja, they'll just say, Oh, I could do with what Monica does, no problem. I could do what Logan does, no problem. And they fail to realize and give the respect that it takes work to get to where we're at. And also, like, we feel the same way, Raja, that you feel when we say, hey, bro, I could hoop and I could beat Raja. I'm sure. What you mean? I could, I'm sure. I could, what you, what you did, what you did on Twitter the other day, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I just, you know, I was throwing, a, I, I was throwing an alley-oop to myself so I could dunk on you right now. That's right. all I was doing. No, but that's I, how, I, I feel yeah. you, bro. I feel you. That's a competitive, competitive industry. People have, have mm-hmm. grinded for lifetimes trying to get to where they're at, to be diminished, to, for someone to hop out there and think, hey, man, this is cake. I feel you. Yeah. I can't lie. Yeah. It do be hella funny when when a, a athlete or somebody say, "I could do what you do. I could write what you do," and then just like bomb because they don't have no idea what they're getting themselves into. Like, absolutely, don't even put in work to say on the first take, "I could do it," and they're just oh. Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot, and I think especially now because responses can be instantaneous. So and so said X Y Z on first take, Sports Center, whatever show you was watching. Hop on Twitter, responses are out. Like it's, it becomes a whole thing. Um, the, the respect is blurred because it seems like, oh, you're just up there spilling your opinion. But those opinions are rooted in year, usually, not in all cases, but usually in years of covering a sport, of being in locker rooms, of building relationships. So, um, you know, a healthy respect is always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful moment, man. Respect. Thank you. <laughs> Word. <laughs> all right, man. Let's get to the shits. Um, okay. Last yesterday, Sunday, women's national championship game, Arizona versus Stanford, Adia Barnes. I hate she had to go out that way for Arizona to lose in the final minutes. What was your what was your overall impression of that game and how it ended? Because the referee was refereeing was a bit suspect as it has been all tournament, but I do want to get your your take on um, how Sunday played out. I had two thoughts the entire course of that ball game. If Ari McDonald had a single knockdown shooter with her, just a, a single cold chick, don't leave her open from three, just to give her a little bit more space, give her somebody to kick it to on a penetration, like literally that's the one thing that team needed, I think, to change the formula of that game. Um, second, I really hoped, I hope still that this isn't a flash in the pan for Arizona and that Ari McDonald is one of those once, not once in a lifetime, but once every what? five, 10 years type players. Um, I would love to see Adia Barnes to be in the class with Don Staley and those guys in terms of sustainability at Arizona. Last time I checked, there was a Jordan school. Like, that's a good look. She seems like she really connects with her players. I hope that more and more young women are willing to continue to disperse their talent, which I think we have seen and is part of the reason that we had upsets in the Final Four. Um, the officiating, my girl Andrea Carter put out a great tweet over the weekend, and hers was actually during the South Carolina Stanford game. That, that was awful, by the way. That was awful. <sighs> I'm sorry. Said, I, no, I agree with you, Roger. And she yeah. made the point that officials should have to do post-game press conferences. Like, 
she said, give them, you know, we can pick the amount of time. But she's like, this idea that they don't have to be accountable is ridiculous. And I was like, no, like this is, I'm with it. I'm 100% with it. And so, listen, my dad is an official. I have a healthy respect for officials. Um, but I think the accountability is real. You not being able to call this game next year does nothing for the team that you just screwed. Correct. And if that is your consequence. You know what I Correct. mean? Correct. Um, so I, I just, I, I am very weary of putting game-altering decisions in the hands of officials anyway. But if we rewind this thing back to Baylor, UConn, let's be honest, UConn wasn't supposed to advance. Like, how you get whopped in the face and on the arm? Okay, and nobody... all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I didn't, I didn't think all right, that. All right, I, no? I thought that, that while it was a foul, while it was a foul, they're not going to call that at that point, at what? that time in the game. They're not, bro. So, that is a second-quarter foul. That is not a That is not a fourth-quarter foul. But, Monica, may I? May I? May please, I real Rhonda. quick? Please, That's, that's, please, that's please, absurd please. on a lot of different... First of all, a foul is yeah. a foul. There's no foul that should be mm-hmm. called in the second that shouldn't be called in the fourth. I'll start there. Mm-hmm. Secondly, if you're going to make the argument that there is a, a, a difference between the two, she got hit up top and then in the face. Like, she was fouled <laughs> twice on the play, bro. Like, Three there's no way. Three times, according to Carolyn Pack. Three I, times, I, I, the, the hand check, according correct. to Carolyn Pack. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I messed with Carolyn. My sister played at Florida, so I know Carolyn Peck pretty well. Like, I, like, yeah, dude, I'm with that 100%. So I disagree with you, Logan, on all accounts. I see all accounts. <laughs> and the, <laughs> the other part that I think we want to jump to, a ref's not going to call that call because it's a game-winning call. I can't remember how much time was on the clock, but she still would have had to make the free throws. UConn, in theory, still, I think, would have had an opportunity. So it wasn't quite the end-all, be-all that people kind of think it is now as, as we revisit. Yeah. 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 So I was watching the, the Baylor, uh, not Baylor, I'm sorry. It was the uh, Stanford, um, uh, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the kick was, I mean, the, the missed kick ball, like down the stretch on the crossover was tough. And then there was a play, I don't know, this this young lady stole the ball and the girl from Stanford just kind of shoved her in the back, like right out in the mm-hmm. open court. Like those are things that if you are refing at the highest level, and my dad was a ref too. My sister is now a ref. Like, so I have an appreciation as well, Monica, but like you don't miss those if you've made it to that level of officiating too often. So to have them keep popping up in like 20 second increments, like there, there's something wrong with that. And I've been on record, like I'm tough on refs. I think there should be some accountability for having to answer to what just happened. Like just give us, walk us through it. Like I'm with yeah. you 100% on that. Who won this? We know Stanford won the won the whole thing, but who who won this? One individual player or entity? Who won this tournament, Monica? Arizona and Ari McDonald to me, and Adia Barnes. Like, think from I think we forget when we go back to the disparities that kicked off the whole tournament. NCAA, please do better. Um, but Adia Barnes was one of the first coaches to voice support in regards to that too. You know what I mean? So she's had this steady rise. This year, her time at Arizona, I mean, her first year, um, I think they finished above 500. They, her second year, they won the NIT. Then last year happened, and now she was in the national championship game. So I definitely think Arizona, her program, her as a personality, because even if people wanted to get upset about her her double bird moment and her huddle. and I That was fire. This, that was hard. <laughs> also, as a woman, like, the, the sports was the one place my, length, my mouth was super foul. Like, I didn't have to worry about being ladylike. I was aggressive. I was screaming. I'm doing all these things that you're going to tell me are not acceptable. So now you're about to parse this to the umpteenth degree while she was in her huddle with her team? Like, what are we doing here? So yeah. I'm like, in my mind, this is a non-story unless you're laughing at it. Because that's a coach bonding with her team in the biggest moment of their season. Get the camera out of there if you don't want to see that, right? Like, 100%. you don't need, That's private. Um. I want to go back to the Arizona thing. Like, and she and, and you just asked questions, so it just brought me back to it naturally, right? But I think Arizona, first of all, facilities um, um, and and infrastructure there for sports to be successful are phenomenal. And as I watched it, as I watched her coach, um, I just found myself being like, man, she looks mad cool. Like mm-hmm. just her affect on the sidelines when things mm-hmm. were going on. And I and I coach, so I'm guilty of just wearing emotion on my face. And if you looked over at me when you made a mistake, just feeling like I, you might have let me down. Like, and I, you know, and she doesn't wear any of that on her face. You could tell her players love her. Um, I do think she's going to be able to recruit the hell out of that. And I think they're, I think they'll be around. That's sustainable. I hope yeah. so. I, it's great for the game. I hope so. I, I, my favorite part of that double bird moment, one, well, my second favorite part of the double bird moment, <laughs> my first part was seeing the double bird. <laughs> On, on national television. <laughs> the second part was she didn't apologize for it. And I think nope. there's a there's a there's always there's some world where people feel like they would have to apologize for being themselves and being 
for something that they wouldn't ordinarily apologize for. And I was really happy that she was like, I did it. Yeah, I was I was talking to my team. So mm-hmm. that, that was a great moment. And I think that that's what made me a huge fan of hers was the double bird moment. Among other things, right, Logan? Like, there was so much to love. But I think the other part that was super dope was the first time we had two black women in the final four, which I think is incredible. They are both living examples. And I appreciate that Don is this Hall of Famer, Olympian, and Adia had didn't quite have the same caliber of career, although she was a WNBA champ. They both represent the game doesn't have to stop when your body stops, especially for women. Like, whether it's music, movies, entertainment, sports, like... Black women's bodies, we love them, whatever. There's sometimes lines that get crossed. But I think them showing that their minds are just as powerful in positions of leadership, literally being examples so that young women can see them and look to be them was incredibly powerful. And I'm with you, Logan. I was glad she didn't apologize either. Yeah. Don Staley has been a real one of the week so far already on on, <laughs> on the real ones pod, especially after she did the most gangster shit I've ever seen, which is do a statement condemning the NCAA through the school. <laughs> South Carolina is go- their name gonna be on this. <laughs> that was hard. All right, time to get to the baggage claim. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. What do you think about, I think that this tournament brought both the best out of women's college basketball and also the worst out of the NCAA um, mm. in terms of when you talk about uh, the disparity in, in, in resources and things like that. What was something that you saw, um, you know, because I think that everything that we see out of these two things that I just mentioned brings out unfair perceptions on the game and, mm-hmm. um, you know, unfair takes on the game. What was the most egregious unfair take that you saw during this time? Um, I definitely think it's the weight room controversy. Um, and I think what makes me more upset as, you know, we've all more details have come to light. When it first hit, even when I was asked to do Sports Center to discuss it, I did not know that there was a memo that stated the weight room wouldn't be available until the Sweet 16 for the women's program. Or for the women's tournament. Exactly, Raja, right? Um, And so I think it's twofold. I remember asking when we had our internal meeting as we were preparing to cover the tournament, did anybody bristle at that from the jump without seeing what the men had? And we couldn't quite get clear answers. But I think not only did it reveal the NCAA's small-mindedness when it comes to what their women athletes deserve, it also showed that if we're not mindful, we continue to move in the way that we've been conditioned. Because for as big of of, of a thing that it became, to me, somebody should have said, wait, why don't we have this at the beginning anyway? You know? Um, And so when the picture surfaced, my initial thought was, what in the world elite athletes did you think are training here? And that was only exacerbated by the comparison to what the men had. But it reveals how much work we have to continue to do as women, as allies, whatever whatever word you want to use, to acknowledge that we deserve better and we don't just have to show up and be grateful. Um, and then, of course, the system has to address the way that they just treat. For an organization that's supposed to serve all 26 sports, whatever, however many thousand athletes, and has plenty of commercials of people going pro in something other than sport, they need to do better. Yeah. Yeah. That's really bugged out on a lot of levels, though. Like, you know, the, the fact that all, it's all athletes share um, weight rooms. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we share a weight room at Georgetown University most of the time or at FIU. Like to think that 
one athlete would be able to train as effectively on much less equipment than another mm-hmm. is that's just all the way bugged out and food as well. Like you're fueling a body. It's a human body, right? Like I, I'm it, Monica, I'm going to be fully transparent here. Like we've had conversations, Logan and I about, you know, what as an entertainment value one would like to watch versus the other. Okay. Like that's mm-hmm. another conversation, but purely in the, in the realm of what people need to be fueled, to be proficient in their sport, to train for their sport. It's bugged out to think that you could take human beings and treat them differently and expect them to be able to get out of their body, what they would need for the event that they're trying to put on. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. And now I will say to that one, but again, I, there, it was weird y'all. Cause that you want to give this you do want to give some grace because putting on a tournament in a single site location is the first time it's been done, right? You, so you want to give a little bit of grace. And I think one of the things that came out in regard to the food piece, Roger, was like a lot of that was disparities in hotels and hotel chefs did immediately get with team nutritionists to address that stuff as rapidly as possible. Okay, yeah. fine. Okay. Let's, let's buy that, right? Um, but I do think just in general, like you, it, to me, it showed that we don't, the NCAA doesn't appreciate the process of his student athletes, of his coaches, all that athletes go to be the best version of themselves because there was just too many things that were not thought through in advance. Yeah. Um, so, and, and to be fair, like we probably won't ever have to do a single site in this way again, hopefully, you know, whatever, take care of yourself, knock on all the wood. Right. I'm looking for something. Um, but it just, it, and I, I think COVID put pressure and exposed mindsets that needed to be exposed. And that for that, I'm like, I think I'm thankful. What do you, how do you feel um, self-reported allies or allies in general should act towards women's basketball? Because you see everybody got to take, especially men, talking about the, the WNBA and college basketball saying what women should do. And I don't know if it's necessarily there's any education behind it. How, do, how should allies act when it comes to <laughs> talking about the WNBA <laughs> so and college women's Logan. basketball? You see how I did that? That was so eloquent. Um, you know, and I actually was, I was actually asked about a piece um, the other day in terms of using pronouns when we call WNBA games, right? And so this is my, this is my own philosophy. This is a philosophy I would encourage anyone that uses the term ally. You got to listen more than you talk. You got to listen and you got to take action. Um, and I think on a base level, watch the women's games. Buy women's products. If you have a and I don't know if anyone that we may or may not be referencing does have this, but if you have a production company, hire some, hire some women, like do some things in tandem, put your money where your mouth is in terms of your resources. Like I was in a conversation yesterday and while I understood where the gentleman in the conversation was coming from, um, he was making a point about mentality where I had some former WNBA athletes who were talking about the opportunities that may not exist for former athletes because people aren't banging down your door as a WNBA player, the way they might be as an NFL or NBA player. Um, and I think his point was there's opportunities everywhere. And their point was, you can say that with confidence as a man. And he was kind of like, what the mentality is you got to make your opportunities. And I was sitting in the middle as I'm supposed to be moderating this thing. Like, you don't think that they understand that? Like two things can be true. Opportunities are not served up on a platter for women as much as they are as former male professional athletes, but you can be creative and create opportunities. But I think to think that women have not already been exhausting every resource that they can think of to improve their game and improve their resources and improve the future of the game is naive and insulting. It's interesting. So I had this conversation on, was it Saturday? Um, with one of my best friends whose daughter I referenced before. She's a freshman in New Jersey, um, like really a, a stud. And her mom was saying from the grassroots level, like that there needs to be more uh, resources allocated, you know, for, for, for women's basketball. Like it starts there. So I want to ask you because you come from an area, uh, you know, PG County, which is like, for for at least for men's basketball, and that full I don't know. Like it, it is, is a, for women's. It is also for women's. Go ahead. Well, is, mm-hmm. Could you feel the disparity between the 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 AAU scene, like the resources that were poured into the men versus the women in your hometown? Um. Now that I reflect back on it, Raja, yes, but far less than I've seen now that I'm older and going to different AAU tournaments. Right. Like PG County in particular is very unique. Like. I'm used to black people in two, three bedroom or three garage homes, you know, six bedrooms, whatever. Like, so now 
I have had a very unique experience probably compared to the average black American, right? Like success is like, okay, yeah, we do that. We got degrees, whatever. We drive Benz is no big deal. Um, and so that also seeped into our basketball experience. Yes, the boys were, were more hyped, but as I was playing, I never felt like I didn't have the support or the tournaments weren't available. Our coaches was looking for gyms and had the hookups with the janitors the same way some of my guy friends' coaches did. You know what I mean? And then there was like the DC assault back in the day, but them Bahamas was legit, like all McDonald's, all Americans that went on to be pros. So like you get it, right? But yeah. I never felt like I didn't have support as an athlete. Shout out to my parents. Um, shout out to the team, the teams and the teammates that I had. Um, so here, no. But I understand that here is more of an outlier than a norm um, because girls basketball is a thing and it is celebrated here. Mm -hmm. You feel like uh, males and self-reported allies should um, just be cool with just saying, I don't know and asking questions. A hundred percent. The other day in the Team USA pressers, Christina Pink posted a clip from Neka Agumake. And Neka is like, obviously she went to Stanford, but she's Christina, brilliant. 30, she's such... 30 under 30. Shout out Christina. Shout out I mean. Christina. Um, <laughs> she, Neka is just so great as a leader of the WNBA PA. And she said this and it kind of, it hit me like a rock. Like it's just kind of been sitting with me. She was like, we have this negative connotation about ignorance. She's like, I think we're raised that way. But sometimes people legit just don't know. And then I think you, the layers of that would then become willful ignorance. But I think she's right. Like, there are some things that it's, if you don't know, baby, it's okay. Shut up and just listen. Like, it's totally okay. <laughs> Real quick, before we move on, who's your, who's your way too early pick to win a natty next year? Ooh, way too early pick to win a natty next year. Let me think of my teams that are what they got. South Carolina. Okay. They're back. That's my girl, Leah Boston. Ah, oh, I got a question, right? Aaliyah's from the Virgin Islands, though, by way of Boston, right? Like, mm -hmm, I, I, mm -hmm. I too am from the Virgin Islands, right? She's from St. Thomas. It. But my, 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 uh, one of my childhood friends, the whole family is from, um, they're in the Hampton, Virginia area, but Tajma mm -hmm. Abraham, uh, mm -hmm. is the head coach at, at GW now. You familiar mm -hmm. with her? I'm not, but I just see that she just got that position. Mm -hmm. She was in ha the, where'd she come from? So she came from St. Croix and then they moved back up like to uh, the Hampton, Virginia area. So their whole family's like in the Hampton VA area. And she's been coaching. I think she was like an ODU as an assistant in some other places. And then she got the head gig. So I didn't know if you were familiar or not. That's all. Um, right. I, I'm not super familiar, but just based on that geography that you gave me, I would definitely give her a chance. Like GW yeah. is a very attractive spot. Like it's in the A-10. I remember when they were there, it was a, four years ago, I think they were at the top of that conference. And if she's connected to that 757 Hampton area, they got hoopers down there. So she right. should be straight. Yeah. That's bad. So basically, Roger's pick for the natty is George Washington. <laughs> wow. That'd be That's why I'm a ride. I ain't tripping. We're going to get a little Boston up out of Don Staley, too. We're coming home. <laughs> we Come got, on now. We got, <laughs> yo, man, is it wild to pick Stanford? Because Haley Jones is only a sophomore. It's not wild to pick Stanford, but I'm pretty sure Kiana, unless if Kiana comes back, I'm pretty sure she's wow. a senior, though. And Anna's a senior. Now, they do get this year. Yeah, oh, true. From from COVID, and if they wanted to, they could have stayed for their grad year anyway. I don't. Mm -hmm. That's not wild. Cameron Brink's only a soft. I mean, only a freshman. Like that's not wild. What's the yeah, young yeah. girl? What's the young girl going to Connecticut though? I'm not a Connecticut fan, but what AZ. they got a young girl. No, no, no. Paige is there. Wait for Paige it. is there. Oh, the you right, Raja. AZ Fudd, who yes. I know, and her mom actually went to Georgetown. I know her mom. I know her family. Okay, that's especially crazy. You might be right, Raja. Do I need to go UConn? I She's think I'm going tough. South Carolina because they. Were I don't sperm. like. I don't want to pick UConn, man. Like I, they're too, but they're they have too much. I don't like UConn historically because I'm a Tennessee fan. However, okay. however, I it's just so many char characters on that team that I love that team, man. What's yeah. my girl Williams who do, who, who had the Kirk Frank Kristen Williams who had the uh, <laughs> who had the Kirk Franklin TikTok. <laughs> 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 yes, Kristen Williams, yes. Um, now, the thing about AZ is I remember, and now that, you know, that team has played a year with Gino, this may not be as applicable, but when I called the South Carolina-UConn game, Gino said he could see where Paige gets frustrated because she thinks the game is such a high level and her teammates had not yet caught up because they were all still new, right? Mm -hmm. Paige and AZ, not only are they best friends, like, away from basketball, they've played together. So you talk about being in sync, like before we even get to the tip of the first regular season game in terms of college basketball, AZ's a beast. Like that is actually very scary. Mm. We got to pick at UConn again, man. 
I'm not changing from South Carolina, though, but that's Hey, listen, scary. the Pac-12 just got a chip. We just got a chip on the West Coast for the first time since 92, man. Let us, let us eat. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, you do you are with the MSG Networks. You do, you have uh, covered the Knicks. Is it time? Be nice, Logan. Is it is is it time to put uh to clap our Tims in the air right now, or do, do, the, do the Knicks fans need to relax? I can't tell my Knicks fans to relax. Since I've joined MSG, this is year three. I I love Knicks fans so much. They are they're like great people. Might be a little insane, but they're great people. Um, no, I think it, I think it, it is time to get excited. Remember, we got a new playoff format. You're telling me the Knicks can't finish 10th? Like, I'm asking you. I'm not saying that, Monica. What I'm saying is they're still building. You would have thought that, that the Knicks won a title. We talked about this earlier in the season. You're looking it for was... trajectory right now, bro. You're bugging, man. You're looking for trajectory, Logan. Okay? You're looking for a change of the <laughs> tides, bro. You're not looking for a chip right now. The tides are changing, man. Yeah, I, I, okay. Thank you, Raja, because I wasn't sure where you was going, Logan. I, you didn't answer my question. You don't think they could finish 10th at least? I do. At least? I do. I do. I do. Change I think they of can the do changing it. of the guard, the trajectory, the foundation is laid. I have maintained, and even before I hooked up with MSG, I have maintained that today's generation of athlete, there's no way with branding, right? Like being completely aware of their brand. There's no way that some elite dude is not going to be willing to tackle the Knicks. As a brand in New York, like... There's just no way that that's not going to happen. Like, it's, it's, it's bound to happen. It's always been that way, Monica. The, the Knicks have just been fumbling the bag. It's always been, the Knicks have always been there as an entity, for sure. And so, to, to Raj's point in terms of trajectory, I think Tibbs um, being there has made that organization a lot more attractive. There have been some changes in the front office, as we all know. Um, I, I still think it's a matter of time. Uh, okay. I, here's my concern, with, and it's, it, like, it's probably not fair to Tibbs, the dude you're talking about, Monica, and I have no insight into whether or not Tibbs has kind of evolved as a coach, but the yeah. knock on Tibbs when I played was he is going to run you into the ground. Like, you're going yeah. to get beat up. So, like, the question for me, just playing devil's advocate, was, like, let's say I'm that guy, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to the Knicks. Can we coexist? Like, because Tibbs, I know he could take a group like he's got now. Like, we're going we're gonna to buy in. We're going to be chemistry-oriented. We're going to be tough as nails defensively. He wins, like, with that recipe. But if that dude goes there, can, can he put all those pieces together? I don't know. I'm not saying he can. I'm asking. No, and, Roger, that's a, that's a fair point. I think, what's today? Monday? Saturday, they whopped the Pistons. Um, but the prior two games, they dropped to the Minnesota and to Dallas. And that was, you know, a lot of our post game dealt with that. You know, the starters played too many minutes. And it, and it looked like it. You could see it. I would like to believe that Tibbs is more like Bill Belichick, who everybody was like up in arms about his movements in the offseason so far. But it's either adapt or die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I would like to believe that he, at least according to Taj, who's his boy and have been with him in multiple spots, he's doing far more listening now, more smiling. Um, and that'll come to bear in the minutes that the starters continue to play down the stretch. Word. Mm -hmm. Uh, wrap it around real quick. Um, yeah. We're going to do some WNBA talk real quick. Um, Let's do it. Who is the team to beat this year? Um, Seattle looks a little bit different, but I automatically kind of go back to Seattle. The, Alicia, the loss of Alicia Clark is a big deal, but I, I still think Seattle's probably a favorite. I'm going with Seattle so far. Who is the team on the rise that we need to be looking at right now? <sighs> okay, let me think of some free agency moves before I shake this up. Chicago comes to mind immediately because anywhere Candace Parker is needs to be looked out for. Um, the Mystics, remember both Tina Charles and Elena Deladon didn't play last year, and that was a COVID thing. So, And that was a team that made it interesting in the playoffs without their premier players. I think Ariel Atkins got shipped away, though, but they brought Alicia Clark is not playing this year because she had injury. So, yeah, I'm going to go Chicago... And D.C. as my top two. Also, would throw Connecticut in there, though. Okay, so I have um, team on the rise. No one's talking about this, and you didn't even bring it up, and I'm surprised. Dallas Talk Wings. Uh, Liz didn't play last year. They have two draft picks. They have two first-round draft they picks. Have, and then yeah, they also, Bella, uh, yeah. And they also have Sabali. We got, it, we, got, we got time, but like, if you have a quick thing, then cool. But we have one more. And... I got, I got something else that's, to ask. That's not, this is what I will say. That's not a bad choice, but there have been like underlying currents that everything may not be copacetic in that organization that, that kind of, you know what I mean? Like that I need them to make sure that they're good and cohesive, not just the basketball part, and then I can get on that bandwagon. 
All right, you named them, and I'm going to call the last one as a sleeper team. And I have Chicago as my sleeper. It's weird that you said team on the rise. I have them as my sleeper contender. How but you who is a your sleeper contender with CP3, though, Logan? Like, Candace no, but no on the one, team. How I have not them? heard anybody talk about Chicago as a t- contender as every time that I've looked. And I, I they, as for someone, for such a monumental move, I just haven't heard enough for them to be a contender right now. So I'm just saying they're a sleeper. Oh, okay. Um, okay, my sleeper, do, 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 do. Actually, I'll tell you what. My sleeper is actually going to be LA, the Sparks. Because, now check it out. Chanae didn't play last year, right? She didn't. She didn't. She's going back. Neck is still there. Neck is, is, is still incredible. I believe they've got, um, uh, what's that child? Dwight, Dwight, I hate doing this by, by naming her. Taya, Taya Cooper. Cooper. I didn't even have to go to her fiance first. Anyway, Taya Cooper, I thought had a great rookie season. Um, Neck is still a beast. Like, I think Simone Augustus is still out there. I, I don't know if, um, my head coach, whose name I'm blanking on, whose face I can Derek see. Derek Fisher. There you go. I want him to get it all the way together, but if I had to go sleeper, <laughs> That I think I'm leaning Sparks as a sleeper. Get your shit together, Derek Fisher. You got it. And I don't, know how, I don't like how you define sleeper in terms of Chicago. I think I did a better definition of a sleeper. If I you concur. sleep in Chicago, I think you're I stupid. Concur. Okay, all right. I, see, I, I'm kind of out on the Sparks right now. Uh, full disclosure, I've been a Sparks fan for years now, but I just okay. I don't like I don't like how they treated um, CP3 on the way out. And yeah. you talk about another team that needs to get his shit together in-house, L.A. That, Sparks. And, and okay, and so for all those reasons, that's why they're my sleeper. Because if they can, and they just left, and you know what I'm saying, Candace just left, like that's the organization for however many years it's you been. You don't bitch your player, your franchise, in an elimination game. You don't do it. Uh-uh. You don't. I don't. With the game on the line, you don't, you don't do that. All right. At all. Nope. <laughs> all right. That was. Um, that was Monica McNutt, <laughs> friend of the show, man. Come back anytime. I'm sorry, I'm just vexed right now, man. I was just, oh, we, I shouldn't Don't be cheering for, for for CP in Chicago right now. I shouldn't be doing that. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. I mean, just just think about her going home and the full circle nature of the moment for her. Like, less about the sparks and more about her as a person. Didn't have to be he this can't way. do that. He can't do that, though. He can't she, separate the two. He, he has no ability to do that, Monica. He is, it's okay, Logan. Yeah, he has no ability. It's, We've dealt with okay. this before. <laughs> all right all right all right monica thank you so much for coming on friend of the show we got to have you sometime during the WNBA season this was this was really fun thanks for coming on yep i enjoyed great questions guys good thoughtful conversation thanks for having me yes lord we will see y'all on thursday holla 